thank you for joining us on the NDL Show episode 16. This unprecedented sound that's about to drop on the show is produced by our distant relatives. This is by Kay the Greatest featuring SOS Dynamics. It is called Distant Relatives. listened to this track i mean i wake up with it i wash the dishes with it i drive with it man i sleep with it wow what a truly ineffable track this is why i love soundcloud and if you didn't understand i hope you do now this track is by k the greatest featuring sos dynamics as i said they are distant relatives all the way from burundi and this track is titled distant relatives right now listen, when I tell you, this one is for the books. So what you need to do is check both of these artists out, keep them on your radar, and every time someone tries to convince you that you're not great as an African, don't even fight them, just play this track, it will do the work. So do follow these artists respectively on Instagram, at Greatest as well as at SOS Dynamics, and just listen to how this melody unfolds. So, to tell you the truth, I've listened to a couple of tracks by them on SoundCloud, just trying to choose just one, which was quite hard, so definitely make it a point to stop by on their profiles and chill. Great, this is episode 16 and we're going to have a conversation that truly should enlighten many musicians and especially upcoming artists. I mean, the show is for you. And what better way to do it than to learn about experience as well as the realities of how the world works than on this show. And on that note, let's have a real and honest conversation right here. As a show that celebrates local art and music alongside pivotal conversations that help us to be better individuals, we need to know the truth from you about how you feel about the NDL show. And this will be to assess whether we really should keep on going or whether we should reconsider our careers. And if you have sent us a DM, you know 
you know the truth in your heart that we're open to hearing and having these conversations with you. So don't be shy, let us know. And if you truly vibe with the show, rate us where you can, share the links, retweet, tweet, everything. Because we are really looking forward to expanding our listenership so that we can do so much more. Otherwise, follow us on the socials at The NDL Show. Submit your music and send your shout outs to show one at gmail.com. Hey guys, my name is Lou and welcome to the NDL show hosted by the beautiful Nondu Lehutsu. Coming up on episode 16 on the NDL show, we talk Kanye West, Tabombeki and ARVs, false rape accusations as well as African Americans' ignorant ideas of Africa in our commentary and in our main segment, we talk music royalties with Garbo Sinna from Samro to find out whether you might be robbed by online distributors of your much-earned royalties. All of this coming up, stay tuned. Hey, what's good, beautiful people? This is your girl, Milandri. You are now tuned in to the NDL show, and I urge you to stay tuned because the heat is never ending. Trust me, you'll never go wrong. slightly worried about Kanye West. He is running for president in the United States and this past week we saw a whole lot of snippets of his presidential campaign in South Carolina. And we are aware that Kanye West has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and I don't want to make it seem like that is the reason for the way that he delivered his campaign this past week. And I say that because what if it's just Kanye being Kanye? Hey. Maybe he does need help, maybe he doesn't. But whether he is fit to run for president is a different question. The matter really boils down to whether you think he'll be able to make strategic policy decisions. And I mean, America has been governed by Trump, who doesn't have the best personality. So we know it's not about personality. So I guess we'll have to see when it comes to that one. There has been speculation that Kanye is actually running for president because of the notion that the majority vote will favor Trump over Joe Biden at the end of it all. But bringing it back to South Africa, let's revisit 2008 when Thabo Mbeki was president of South Africa. This is certainly a conversation that has resurfaced on Twitter about whether he was right regarding the restriction of the sale of ARVs in South Africa, especially during a time when over 300,000 people in South Africa died due to AIDS-related illnesses. So do you think that Mbeki was justified in the restriction of ARVs? I don't know. Allow me to play you what he said regarding this in case you missed it and tell me what you think. There was an issue that was raised in the, uh, uh, in the literature that uh, the, some of these uh, AIDS drugs had a very high toxic effect. And so we said, I said publicly, that therefore we must... Uh, look at this matter because it may be that it is the drug that kills people rather than the illness because of the toxicity. So let's look at this matter uh, and and act on it. As it happened with that particular drug which was was mentioned then, Mm -hmm. in fact, they actually reduced the dosages globally. Never mind which one. Uh, They actually reduced the dosages because the allegation that it was highly toxic was correct. Mm-hmm. So there are many other questions that we raised. You see the... That's why I'm saying we don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, let's, let's try in a, 
boom, in a nutshell on, on that question. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, AIDS, the acronym AIDS is Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. That's AIDS. So the question we're asking, what causes immune deficiency? And how is this thing acquired which causes immune deficiency? Because in our response to this condition, mm -hmm. we must be able to do everything possible to deal with this problem of acquired immune deficiency. It was exactly to make sure that we save lives of our people, mm -hmm. not the opposite. But then people say, uh -uh, the only thing that you do with regard to acquired immune deficiency, give them ARVs. And I say, you can't say that because they're given medical textbooks that are used in our medical schools here. They'll have a chapter there on acquired. Persistent malnutrition, malaria, which is not treated properly, venereal diseases, which are not treated properly. These are the things which, some of the things which result in acquired immune deficiency, mm -hmm. which produce this syndrome. Mm -hmm. As a government, you've got to say, therefore, let us intervene to make sure people don't suffer from malnutrition, to make sure that diseases are treated properly. You are dealing with the problem of acquired immune deficiency. No, the problem was, no, no, don't do any of those things. Give them ARVs. Mm -hmm. The only solution to this problem is this one. You need a comprehensive response to this. Let me go back a bit. You got the virus HI, the human immune deficiency virus, which is part of the complex of this. And so part of what we were saying, what I was saying, is that sure, I, I, I agree that HIV might be part of what causes immune deficiency, but it's not the only thing. I'm saying I'll give you a medical textbook tomorrow, mm. uh, written by Kuvadia and others which explains this thing. Yeah. So I'm saying that uh, what we had to do, what I was arguing must do as a government, you need a comprehensive uh, intervention on this, which is why the issue of poverty arose. Because your immune deficiency, a lot of your diseases which will cause acquired immune deficiency are diseases of poverty. You've got to deal with that. This is a socioeconomic problem, not just a medical problem. Intervene medically, sure. But you've got to also intervene in this other way. The people who manufacture the drugs are not interested in your socioeconomic interventions. They make money out of sale of drugs. <laughs> so what do you have to say in response? Was he justified? Do you think that he was right? I have a slightly different stance to what former President Tabombeki said when he disapproved the sale of ARVs in South Africa. I feel that he raised very valid points about us having other social ills to be considerate of and to deal with, such as racial inequality and poverty and a few others. But it's really just a matter of priorities and there's a trade-off between HIV and all these other social ills that also need attention. Are we going to put those first at the cost of the lives of, of others or are we going to continue selling the ARVs in an effort to preserve lives that I, th I think HIV, the ARVs is something that would need 
immediate attention. So sale of that would need to be proceed, would need to proceed so that more lives can be saved in the process. Whereas if you are to put that second while you focus on other key issues like inequalities and poverty, yes, that that does uh, play a major role in terms of how nutritious and how strong the immune system is. But at, at, at that time, when more people are in need of these ARVs and you want to ban the sale of these ARVs, I don't think that would be the best decision to make because while you deal with all these other key issues, lives are being lost in the process. So more than anything, I think the sale of ARVs should carry on so that lives can be spared in the process. And irrespective of whether it enriches the Western world, um, it's, 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 it's more, we shouldn't be focused on that. What we should dwell on the most is, are we preserving lives in the process? Irres- despite who it benefits, I think, by focusing on who, who gets enriched in the process, it kind of deviates us on what's more important, which is saving lives. So definitely ARVs need to be put first and the sale should continue and any other social economic issues would be considered after that or in the process at least. But putting them first and the sale of ARVs being banned isn't the best, wouldn't be in the best interest of the public that needed the most. I think the former president was making a political statement. And I'll tell you why I'm saying this is because before the outbreak of HIV, yes, people were dying, but people were not dying the way they were dying during the the spread and the outbreak of um, HIV and AIDS in the late 90s to the early 2000s. People were, if, if, if then other diseases may, might be the cause of immune deficiency, as he is saying here, then clearly he did not, or his administration at the time did not do enough research or the people that were advising him did not do enough research because why now that we have the the ARVs, people are not dying the way they used to during um, the, the, in the early 2000s and the late 90s from there, why people are not dying the way they were. So clearly this tells you that there was not enough research and clearly the former president was just doing a political statement. We're like, 10 years later and still going through the same stuff that he was trying to solve back then. So maybe he had a point, maybe he still has a point. Um, There are people like Dr. Sebi who have proven it in court that they can cure HIV, they can cure cancer, they can cure various other diseases. And there are various other people who claim to have cured HIV before. Um, pastors, other forms of healers. So I do think he has a point. I think ultimately HIV does make patents a shitload of money. So whoever owns it in that right makes a killing. Um, because even though someone has to go to like, someone goes to the clinic and gets free pills free ARVs, ultimately the country is going to be paying maybe even trillions for that contract. So I think he has a point, especially now that years later, we still haven't solved the problem. So
You know, this is very interesting because there are so many different opinions and I feel that all of them are true to some degree. Former President Mbeki was a politician and in the same breath, perhaps he was not informed enough. But I do agree that there are a number of socioeconomic issues that contribute towards the infection rate, especially of HIV. But people were dying and they're still dying. But also, it's been proven as has just been mentioned, that HIV can be cured in a more natural and beneficial way. We know about Dr. Sebi's story and the speculation that he was assassinated, especially because he posed a threat to Western pharmaceutical companies that produced ARVs and treatments for cancer and so forth. The fact does remain, though, that these companies continue to thrive off making ARVs that are largely sold to third world countries, including our own. Speaking about the Western world, a while ago I noticed something about African Americans that I would like to discuss with you. On Twitter there was a tweet speaking about how Beyonce will make her film accessible to Africa free of charge and an American commented saying, do they even have the technology to watch it? And obviously we did the right thing and started trolling. Because we do have pet lions in our backyards, but really it does seem that African Americans continue to perpetuate these primitive ideas about us Africans. It's like they do that thing where they only say they're African when they're trying to make things work in their favor. But when it comes to everyday living and understanding our circumstances and the way we navigate, we're basically the black people of African Americans, which is quite perplexing. Personally, I do feel that African Americans born in America America are simply Americans. I understand. Trust me, I understand the history of descendants, but white Americans are not called European Americans. So what's actually happening in that department? I remember there was, I don't know, some celebrity, American celebrity um, posted a video of himself in Nigeria and he was having a concert in Nigeria. And then I don't know, some American person tweeted and they're like, oh my gosh. And it was an African-American and they're like, oh my gosh, um, how can they all afford phones? And it's like, what do you mean? It's ignorance. You know, it's one thing to not know what's going on in, like in a specific place. And then it's one thing to know that you don't know and then not try to educate yourself. And I hate how they only ever use or remember Africa when, please, understand that I'm not insensitive to the police brutality, you know, black lives do matter, but it's like they only ever acknowledge us when they're in the mud, when they're going through things, you know, and it's not just the police brutality thing. It's like Doja Cat as well, for example, you know, she was in the mud um, a while ago. I don't know what happened. Apparently she was being racist in one way or another. And all of a sudden it's like, but you know, I have family in South Africa and it's like babes. You don't get to do that. You don't, they don't understand that you don't get to just use Africa whenever you feel like it, but it's like, you know, they only African when they want to be, you know, and then they're not African anymore. You know, they only African when it's nice, when, you know, yeah, the motherland, that's where our ancestors came from. I once read a tweet where someone was like, um, African-Americans are the white people of black people. Everything we complain about in terms of white people, how ignorant they are, how they are racist and they don't even know it. They say things that are very offensive and all of that. That's exactly how African-Americans are, except, I don't know, we can't say that they're racist. So I don't even know what we can say. I don't even know how we can um, describe them. But it's like they say things that are very 
offensive and the way that they view Africa, it's like we haven't developed, we're still living in hearts, like, come on. And we know the celebrities that do this thing. Celebrities, African-American celebrities, Beyonce. No, guys, no. I also don't get it. In fact, it is quite personal. And um, I just want to hear what you think, you know. Can't they just be called American? It's fine. It's fine. We acknowledge the descendants. But I just think personally that they should just be called Americans. The same way Caucasians are called Americans. Simple. Now, before we get into our main segment, which I'm quite excited about, there has been a trend of false rape accusations, and truly, this is not a joke. Trust me when I say that I am not a fan of men who feel that they are entitled to women. And now that as a country, we're trying to take this thing seriously in terms of law enforcement, and I mean trying because you know the reality. But there are some women who are taking this opportunity to falsely accuse men of this crime. And I want to get your perspective on that and why that is the case and what should be done to women who do this thing. I definitely think that someone who accuses someone else of rape falsely is definitely bitter and angry. And that's totally okay. You know, we humans, it's human nature. We're going to feel bitter or angry a couple of times in our lives. But when these emotions lead us to falsely accusing someone of rape, it becomes dangerous, especially in a community like South Africa, where gender-based violence is such a huge issue and rape falls under it. Um, I definitely think that South Africa is taking, you know, small and yet little steps towards acknowledging and fixing some of the issues under gender-based violence. But when someone goes and cries rape falsely, it takes us so many huge steps backwards. And that is the problem with uh, false rape accusations. I definitely think that someone who does such things should be charged with defamation of character and payment, whether it's monetary or imprisonment, should be paid where it's due. I think women that do such are lacking a sense of of self-understanding. If you understand yourself as a woman, you understand that to report falsely of anything is connected deeply to your character as a woman. It means that you are false yourself. And I feel that women that accuse men um, or falsely accuse men of rape have a a deeper emotional and mental damage that goes uh, far beyond the person that they accuse. And it goes far beyond the boyfriends that they may have been with. It's, it's, it's something that is engraved deeply in the, 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 the structure of the home in which they come from. Uh, maybe these women could be suffering from historical family drama where the father figure was a big problem or the mother figure was a big problem. It can be seen in both ways. But even if home was the foundation of the reason of this character, I think that it is, you know, and it also depends how old the woman is and how old the the girl is if it's not a fully grown woman. We should then seek counsel uh, for these types of women and help them understand that by accusing men of falsely raping them, 
does not better the situation in which they're in, and nor does it remedy the injustices um, that other men commit gender-based violence against women. It doesn't remedy that uh, the fact that, you know, we are dealing with that. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with that, you know. Should you as an individual feel that you need to go as far as falsely accusing someone of something as big as rape, then there is certainly a deeper problem. You know, I do think women who do this should be jailed. No, you know, there must be counsel and jail because it is it is a crime. I do think it is a crime. And if our country could be serious and actually get that GBV unit in the police department and have an intricate system of investigation, then perhaps we will move towards the right direction. Let us know what you think about the commentary for this show. Do stay tuned. Hey guys, this is Riz Red, and you are now tuned into the NDL show. John, what so I just came back from uh, Mall of Africa now and as I was driving out of Mall of Africa I saw the suspiciously parked black VW Golf outside one of the exits. So as I'm driving I noticed that the golf lights were off but as I'm driving past the car the lights went on. So obviously now at this, this point I'm panicking, I'm freaking out, I'm like but fortunately guys uh, by the grace of God I drive uh, Porsche Cayenne GTS four pipes, the panoramic sunroof, electric seats, uh, black rims, tinted windows, the works, keyless entry. So it was easy for me to get away. But for everyone else out there, guys, uh, please, please, please be careful. Singapore, guys. Thank you for staying tuned. So on the NDL show today, we're talking music. This is something that I personally have been so curious about. Although I'm not a musician myself, I have friends and so many people that I know who are musicians, and I'm sure you can relate, right? And of course, because the show is about the celebration of local music, we thought it would be best that we all know what to do when it comes to the distribution of music royalties. And with the rise of online distributors, it is good to know what you might be getting yourself into as a musician. So actually, this conversation that we're about to have was inspired by a tweet that I saw about music royalties, about how artists are possibly being robbed by online distributors. To get perspective in that sphere, we have Garvo Sinna on the line, who is a general manager of rights holder services at SAMRO, that is the Southern African Music Rights Organization. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the NDL show, Garabo. Certainly a pleasure. Yes. Now, before we get into the integral part of this conversation, kindly walk us through how a musician can become a member at SAMRO 
What are the requirements and what do they entail? Yeah, so I think uh, just before we just focus on SAMRO and get deep into that topic, it's, it's always good to look at, you know, what copyright actually allows a musician to do. And more importantly, you know, um, which other revenue streams in terms of the very same copyright can a musician earn from, you know. Um, so mainly in, in South Africa, we have different societies that represent different rights. So several will represent one, which we call a performing right, mm -hmm. you know, which sits underneath the copyright still. And then we have another society, because uh, all these are called societies uh, that represents members. We have another society, which is called CAPASO. CAPASO represents what we call a mechanical right. So the mechanical right essentially is every time your music is copied. So what that means is that uh, if somebody like, you know, old school, somebody would uh, then uh, go and buy a CD every time a CD is, is copied, yeah. uh, you know, there's a royalty that you pay. But in the new age, every time you listen to something online, because you're not necessarily listening to the original, every time that happens, there is a royalty link to it. And then we have then, um, you know, from a recording side, uh, we have then uh, what we call, it's called Sampra. Uh, royalty for the interpretation of the work. So, for example, I could write a song, but I can't sing. And I know that probably you can, and then I give it to you to sing it. And then, because I know if you sing it, it's going to be a hit. But if I sing it, it's not going to work. So, Sampra would pay the performers, being, you know, the people that actually sang and performed the work. And as we know, we also have Risa as well. Risa just takes care then recording side, making sure that every time the music is played on, um, uh, on, on TV and so forth, that the necessary royalties are also paid to. So I think with that said, uh, you know, anybody can see that, you know, it's not easy sometimes just navigating through the space. So, you know, because a lot of times people just say Samro, but there's a, there's a host of other societies. But I have to say that Samro, yes, is the biggest one. Mm -hmm. And because it was formed obviously in 1961, so uh, it's been around for much longer and it has obviously established itself and that's why people often say Samro. Just to get into how do you become a Samro member? Um, it's firstly free, that's the most important thing because sometimes you get people that say, yeah, but this person made me pay or whatever. Nah. It's free. All that is required for you to, to do is that you either need to be a writer of music uh, because some people would write, like they write lyrics. We call them authors. And then you then can also be a, a composer. So those are the people that create a beat, right? Uh, sometimes you could be, you know, between one. So you are composer, author. So that's fine as well. And uh, the last one is that you could either be a publisher. So those are the members that we deal with. You know, we don't necessarily deal with a person that sings but doesn't write music or doesn't compose, for example. Mm. So that individual would not necessarily register with Samra. But to be honest with you, in the South African space, it's very, very hard for you to find an individual that says, I sing, but I, I, I seldom even write music or even compose music because a composition is not necessarily playing an instrument. A composition from a legal uh, stance, it's purely focused on the creation of that work. I might not be alone because it has to be stated that doesn't mean that when you compose something, it's just, you know, you, you could compose a work with five other people, but I will be credited as a composer. 
Okay. So going back to how you become a member, you should be one of those. Then after that, you need to complete your application form. Uh, this is same application form, which simply requires uh, you to just have your ID, uh, you to provide us with that, just to prove that you are that individual. And then over and above that, uh, uh, also for you to register at least one song that you say that you have uh, created, either you've written the lyrics for or created a composition for. And then from there on, you submit that to our, you know, uh, like customer services, and then we are able to help you process that registration. And that's literally that simple. Um, we are also working on, because we don't have that facility right now of, you know, an online registration, but that's something that we're working on. We are hoping to unveil it sometime very soon. Great. Thank you for clarifying what the different organizations specialize in. So from the point of becoming a member and having your music out there, how are royalties calculated? So royalties, um, firstly, let's, let's, let's uh, talk about what are they, because yeah. I get yes. a lot of instances where people, I come, I sign up, I register music, and then, oh, where's my royalty? Like, but do we understand what is a royalty? So yeah. firstly, a royalty from a legal sense is that anytime your creation is used for SEMRO, we call it in the public domain or public performance, you need to then uh, get paid. So that's the royalty. So what Semro's job is, is that we need to go and license the people that use your music. Obviously, the simplest ones, your radio stations, cinema, you know, uh, and the DSP. So those are digital service providers, your Spotify's of this world, your Apple, and, you know, the, the works. And also, even, even, even your department stores, because when you walk into a store, you're busy buying your grocery, Sometimes you cannot notice, but there's music playing in the background or you're buying products, right? We, we license all of those. And then thereafter, what these people need to do then, or these businesses, they need to give us the usage. So we call it usage. So it's just a report that says, this is the music that we have used. And from there on, we need to process according to that. Mm. Uh, some of them, yes, would not be able to give you that, but the, the majority do give you that. That's where the, 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 the journey starts in terms of now getting a royalty. So firstly, the biggest thing is that royalty means that your music firstly must be used. Yeah. So when your music is used, that's all the only time a royalty, almost like a right then is, is established to say, now you need to pay me. Once we get that usage, we process it, alongside the license fee that we've received and that is when we split it and we say oh we owe you know uh, 500 rands that one 100,000 that one 200,000 and that's how it works mm. so essentially usage means royalties so I think it goes without question then to say more usage obviously would also mean more royalties definitely so now, Garaba, what happens when the situation where companies or radio stations don't submit their usage? How then are artists paid? I want to highlight something. There's something called radio in general. Mm-hmm. So, so this is one of the big distributions that we have. All right. um, and I think a lot of several members would be aware of this one because uh, the big distributions is TV and radio in general. But what radio in general is... The first part is obviously simple, radio. It's all the radio stations. So meaning at that point, we pay the usage for all the the radio stations that we have licensed. 
But the general part, that part deals with all the usage that we have not licensed in relation to, you know, the, the let's say the departmental stores and, and let's say your a car wash or, oh, yes. you know, a restaurant, because those businesses don't necessarily, it's not that, that type of business to say, oh, now I'm going to compile music for you. They, right. they don't do that. Yeah. You know, they just say, okay, I'll pay a license and you figure out how you want to distribute that. But I think let me let me talk about the back end of it to say now once you've got the money for general, how how does it work? The money for general, we have uh, obviously a distribution area that seeks to put the money into segments. So the segments is matched in relation to radio stations. Mm-hmm. So to say, okay, so if let's say you know the 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 store or something in a certain area to say, let's see what radio station is in that area or what is normally sort of listened to in that area, and they match it. So they use whatever the radio station would have reported, for example, and then they match it to, to this particular uh, license that we got from, let's say, a butchery. Mm-hmm. So in that way, we are still distributing to the musicians that are, you know, obviously the people are listening to in that very area. So that's that's mm-hmm. the logic. So the general portion is always that. It's, it's always wherever we don't receive usage and then that is plugged in there and it's mated mm. to the radio stations. You know the move from CDs and cassettes? It's actually quite crazy to think about how we used to buy physical CDs way back. And in place of that, now there are so many online distributors such as DistroKid that many artists make use of. Is it possible that artists are not getting their much-earned royalties because of these sites? Is it perhaps possible, Karabo, that these online distributors are manipulating the royalties system? So there are, firstly, yes, it is possible. Right, um, and and simply because there's so many, um, you know, of these sort of sites that pop up every single day. Yeah, and I think obviously a musician's job is to get their talent out there. That that's logically what how a musician would think. Right. Listen, I need to get my talent out there, but not looking into the different rights that they may be exposing when they. That because obviously, when you do that, you will click on different terms and you know, uh, terms and conditions. And seldom, maybe, you might not even read those. And you'll find that once you put your music there, they might have the right to use that music sometimes, maybe, you know, uh, without even paying you, or even if they pay you, but you'll find that the rates are very, very low. So what that means at the end of the day is that you have taken your property because that's what uh, your music is. You have taken your property and you've put it somewhere and you've agreed with somebody, whether if you don't see that person or not, you've agreed with that individual to say, I'm willing to put my music there for whatever purpose that that site serves and you will agree in the terms and conditions pay you a specific value you know similar to like your iTunes because those are subscriber based that would mean that you've accepted to those you've accepted those terms but what we do as Samro um, is that every single nowadays it's more than every year even because we review our client base especially in the digital space because there's a lot of these, um, you know, sort of um, uh, sites coming up, especially now during the COVID sort of like yes. pandemic, 
where now we need to start identifying them and say, oh, who's consuming this music? And then now we need to seek to license those people so that we can make sure that the money goes through to the right you know, uh, individuals, the people's uh, music that is being used. Because besides that, there's no way of you getting royalties from those sites. You may get exposure depending on what 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 your your you know your objective is, mm-hmm. but you may not get the royalty itself. Yes, that's actually a very tough pill to swallow. But you mentioned that Samro has precise measures in place that ensure that royalties are paid to the correct artists. However, there was an instance that came to light on Carte Blanche where Samro member claimed that there was in fact a lack of payment to the correct artists. How common are these issues and how has Samro been working towards resolving them? Yeah, so I mean in the odd instance, and, and I really say odd because after that interview of which I deal mostly with all those sort of like high profile scenarios, I got a lot of emails where people are you sure that I'm being paid correct? Like, you know, and I think the, the, the scenario, especially that particular one, uh, it, it is so, it's such a unique, you know, instance where you find somebody who's got the same identical name and then you find that an error is made under that individual. So that, that was the scenario where, you know, it's, it's literally you find a certain individual that is non so you know, and then you literally find two of them and then the incorrect one. So you sit in a, in a, in a situation where you're like, okay, fine, this thing, this error happened all because of uh, that parameter of the name because the matching that we do some of it is systematic and some of it is also reviewed by an, an individual so not all of it is reviewed by an individual but at certain points you would find that there, there was an error because of that and, and the likelihood of that happening and obviously we, we were able to to pick it up even though yes it obviously got to cut lunch but the point is by the time it got there it was already resolved a while back and and you know the monies were paid but essentially for anyone you know, musicians treat their music like it's their babies at the end of the day yeah. and and they look at that and they say no i don't want to be exploited so we work on the system looking at different ways where you know okay this could go wrong and improving on that and with every single query that we receive obviously it informs us to say okay why did this happen and and we always try to fix it but i think the essence at the end of the day is that whenever there is a incorrect payment for example what is required from any member is please log it with our customer services uh, department. So that is customer services at um, samuel.org.za. So you send the email, then our contact details will be on our website as well. You know, we will be able to assist in relation to whatever query that you may have. And most of the time, people have an it's an assumption because they, they don't have the data that we have. Mm-hmm. So I think I've been paid incorrectly. And we will go and check and validate, send you all the necessary documents. No, uh, here you are. But if you remember again, I do encourage logging onto the portal. We have just revised it. I think uh, the new look is about three months old or so. So a lot of information sits on the portal. You know, so you just have to go and play around with it. 
With regard to the interview on Card Blanche, I find it rather interesting how it happened after you said the matter was long resolved. But moving on, I've been pondering about these illegal or unethical sites where people can download music without the permission of the artists. Do artists get paid royalties from those sites? I think the short answer, uh, and I know it's a general answer, is no, right? So... Yeah, that's that's the you know long and short of it. Uh, not to say because sometimes when we say illegal, um, it would depend on which one we are referring to. But I I've got a good mindset of what you're referring to <laughs> in relation to you know you just go on Google for example and you type up somebody's song mm-hmm. and you see ah I can download this thing like okay you know obviously that's not legal unless if that person gave the permission. So if it's a site where people give permission. Because it's their work at the end of the day. You can't tell them, no, don't do this. Yes, uh, there are sites like that where somebody uh, is looking for exposure. Uh, you know, I don't want to refer to certain ones, but the point is they're looking for exposure and they, they're like, okay, fine. I'm going to use this site because it has, uh, you know, 200 million followers. And, um, you know, this is the space where I want to be in. And they're all over the world. And I could be spotted there by record labels and so forth. So if that's you and that site allows downloading of music and you permit that, then of course mm. you can then follow up and say, no, I want my royalties. Like, no, the odds are if there's no subscription, there's no ad, ad revenue on that site, you may not earn. But if there's ad revenue, as, as you know, most sites will share that with you. Uh, at the end of the day, it depends where you go. And I think... For musicians, it's not just about a passion. Like I always speak to, like when I speak to a lot of musicians, I say a lot of times I speak to a lot of people who have perfected their craft when it comes to, you know, um, their trade being performers and writing and creating music. But little attention is given to the business of music. How do I really make money out of this thing? No, not just the stuff where I'm getting booked and I go and stand there and I sing. So, so at the end of the day, you know, that empowerment is necessary to say, where do I go? What do I do? And even the ones that have gone before you, what, have, what mistakes have they made? Especially when we get to things like agreements. Because when you go to all these sites, it's the same thing like signing an agreement. The only difference that you're doing it digitally, that's, that's the only thing. I really do hear you when it comes to that one. I mean, terms and conditions are quite tedious to read, you know, and when you just want to get exposure or you just want to listen to music, it's just simpler to click on the accept, right? So, Garabo, tell me, are there any prospects that Samro may be considering in terms of creating an online marketing platform or online channel for its members? So, you know, at this point in time, that it has been raised before, and I think more so by members, not necessarily within Samro per se, like, you know, uh, uh, people within Samro. Um, but so far, there is nothing that I could I could actually put my finger on and say, yes, you know, we are looking at this prospect in the next three years or so. Right. Um, and I think uh, w- one of the things that, uh, from a marketing sense, um, you know, we, we want to do uh, as Samro, but from uh, obviously marketing and positioning ourselves, you know, there is a definite strive to make sure that we position ourselves in a way that, you know, the general public and even creatives themselves understand the role that Samuel plays, you know, within yeah. the industry. 
because it's always taken for granted that Samuro does everything, you know, yeah. uh, of, which, of which we do a lot. I'll be honest. We do a lot that nobody else does. But <laughs> at the end of the day, and, and those are things that I'm proud of, you know, uh, I'll tell you about them in a moment. But uh, at the end of the day, we still have to be able to communicate and say, let's speak on. So you know which parties you need to involve yourself with so that you can obviously benefit holistically. Because I still need people today, some to be shocked, people that are quite popular, the music is playing everywhere. And you're like, okay, fine. Are you a member of that and that? No, I'm not. Why? And, and you know, you still have, people are still learning. Still. Yeah. And um, I'm often reminded, uh, you know, I, I remember I spoke to this one influential musician and he told me, he says, you know, Gabo, you forget one thing. Music, it's, has a very uh, low barrier of entry. So, so by default, you will find a lot of people in this environment whom have not even taken the time to really learn what happens actually, you know, the business end of music. And they're attracted by obviously their fame and, you know, the glitz and glamour, the quick money, you know, that sort of thing. And, and which is a different thing to what we do. Before I let you go, you mentioned how Samro has a number of benefits for its members and perhaps it would be best that you bring them forth here because it certainly seems that it is potent for musicians to register as a member at an organization like Samro, for instance, not only for royalties, but for these very reasons that you're about to mention. Yeah, so so I think firstly, um, one thing that's always important for us is that we make sure that there is no barrier of entry, you know, to, to Samro. And I think some people might take that for granted, but when you go elsewhere, even internationally, you know, you'll find the standard is that there's me- there's membership fees and all these other things, you know, where, you know, normally a, an up-and-coming musician can't afford, not yet, you know, up until a certain point in time. So Samuel, there's, there's none of that. You don't pay membership fees or anything of that sort. So that, that's something which we see as a real benefit. Yeah. Second to that, our we have even refined our, our, our membership structure to make sure that we obviously we have different tiers of membership, uh, but they are more geared to make sure that when you get the benefits that Samuel provides you, you know, you are essentially also adding value to Samuel. And let's say you and I now decide we are just musicians and we form up, I don't know, yes, you already get access to the portal. So meaning you're able to see, so if your music is used anywhere, you'll be able to see that and you already get access to some tools that you know will allow you to already start uh, what we call in the music industry, notifying your music. So meaning registering your music, right? Mm-hmm. So you're registering it to say, oh, I've created the song with so-and-so-and-so, so you register it. And remember, we don't just register that music just here. We register that music internationally as well on your on your behalf without you paying anything. Hmm. So so you already get that benefit already. So let's move away from there. Then we say, okay, fine. Then your music starts being played somewhere, you know. And then all we say is that we want you to earn as little as a hundred rand, you know. So meaning we should collect on your behalf as little as a hundred rand. The moment that happens. Then we put into the next tier of membership, which is called an associate member. So what associate member simply means is that 
Now you become a Samuro firstly voting member. So you can go to an AGM and vote on certain things. That's very important. Mm. And then more importantly, you start getting other benefits, which you don't pay for directly, right? Whether you earn or not, you will still get those benefits. The first one being, and I know a lot of people will look down at it, but it's a funeral cover, which we offer all our member and not just the member, the member and their family. So meaning wow. the entire family is covered. Uh, there's a funeral cover for, for, for the family. As well as then you have a retirement annuity, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think in, uh, listen, even in Europe or even in the States, they don't even give that. So in Africa, no, it doesn't exist. Like there's no other society that does it. Uh, but I don't even think in Europe and even in America, anybody does that. So we also have a retirement annuity where SAMRO, SAMRO contributes on the member's behalf. And the whole emphasis is to make sure that when musicians do retire, of which the time will come. Yeah. And I know when you're young, you never think about it. You're still 18. It's like, nah, that's far. Like, trust me, it will happen. Right? So we contribute on the member's behalf so that when you retire, you know, uh, the minimum age is 55. You can choose to retire later than that. Semro would have invested a portion, not just of your royalties, because Semro contributes a certain portion even before you get royalty. Yeah. You contribute on your behalf. And obviously, the more you earn, there's another portion where the more you earn, yes, the more is contributed. But at the end of the day, what we are saying is that there's a, you know, a social element that yeah. Semro has that you won't find anywhere else. And out of the 18,400 members that we have, all these benefits are being provided for all these members, right? And, and, and I mean, it's not like we're talking about 200 people here. No, it's 18,400 members that we have that, are, that get access to this benefit. So we've got a big pool of prospect members, but we are obviously waiting for them to graduate to the next level. Wow, thank you so much for joining us on the NDL show. Karabo? It is certainly a pleasure. Thanks a lot for the invite. That was Garabo Sinna, a general manager of rights holder services from the Southern African Music Rights Organization, that is SAMRO. I certainly do hope that this conversation gave you insight on how royalties work and also encouraged you to get your music onto the copyright system. You know, at the end of the day, you've got to eat. We, as your homies, have to eat too. And that's why we had this conversation on the NDL show to ensure that you're making sure that no one else is feeding off from your plate. And as consumers of music, let's try to be cognizant of how we listen to it. Downloading music illegally is certainly a problem, especially for the artists who have taken the time to craft it for you. So if you can and you have the resources and access, do make it a habit to stream. Download from these reputable sites such as YouTube Music, iTunes, Spotify and so forth. Speaking about streaming, here's a song that I need y'all to listen to because it epitomizes the kind of sound I grew a bop into. It does not come alone. This one is accompanied by visuals. It is called Chester versus Papa Action. So you know the song is about to come through with vernacular arrangements skillfully put together in words. It is by Sean Haven featuring King Capital. So do follow them respectively on Insta at ad.cupid and at King Capital. I will leave the link to the visual in the show notes.
This is the NDL show from my producer Tulani Sejo and I. You're now listening to Chester versus Papa Action. <laughs> Lend me your ears, couple lend me your eyes, witness other eyes and careers, man, we the sum of all fears. I stupid, are you brave? Maybe more to free, but when the kings is in, everybody else is slave. Same reason, host us not talk, stick them in the system, even Jack Shebelez. I had to give this shit the listen, it's time to get cash. So I had to knock them out, cause my chance be dropping ludicrous, I'm talking word them up. Blah, booty, pizza, baruti, kapapula, booty, speechless at a trunk, fully loaded up niggas, resting in pieces. My thesis got teachers calling for Reese's. I was proverb, got pro kids and streets, turret teethers. How you gon' beat the sun? What I'm smoking, see the sun. To say it is needless, huh? One cook to see, so now, yeah. Play this in the streets with the kings most out there. Bump it in the farms with the kings defighting limb. I suck in our everybody going crazy. Horse and I eglematic going crazy. My burning to my son. I eat out there. Man, y'all forgot the mission statement. I suggest it's gone through every night and every you say, Yeah. One good for now when I got slow. I pray to God, tell the first time. Otherwise, this option be for best to one. When I use my tongue, my tongue, my son. Just the red apple in all right about now. I hear when I cause I live by the knife and die by the sword. Resurrect to live by the might. Make a noose out the cause, word of mouth. But the cookies are my demon malone. The lady tala matum hakibula bolo. Me pies ya the slice up ra nevum hono lemo. Maiza don't paisa mumolo bamela ga shot. So I let people go to a usabu tell you shot. Nyabazwela bagini sono kodeba to mole. Spugu pup. Let's pendu spugu to cop by the morning. Pop for the blast drop. I promise these dirt on just warning. I'm a fit in the godly. Ain't no heaven in Georgie. Since the cheese is your motive, good with Jabuga. Approaching. Children, I'm cold, these nannies, bar to my dope beans Your current flows, tsunami, I swear y'all were OD Not from a bar with soap, I swear then y'all don't know me Y'all fresh out the laundry, washed up jeng and soggy Some die hard, lost hot, white chaps with sports Chest I lift up by action, just sharing a courtly Smoking these MCs, then action like stone beans I walk on line, it's my crew, music drum beans Take like that, now my chanter, and respect the style and listen to me now but again, I buy now but blind and then they like It's my very lost roast in the neck. More of a feather, seven set the right with seven shaggy. For my fun to got a true prize. Prize is Uka. For y'all I catch a bullet. To the chest, to the head, just let the haters pull it. Fun this summer, fun this combining cook to cease. I and comprehend with this pen at hand. I plan to defeat ball points in a dream. Let my ink penetrate the game and capiche. Rhyme scheme, crime scenes, leave them all deceased as I come up.